Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I am your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me as always is the Jeremy Renner to my Amy Adams question mark? The the Costello to my Abbott, or or vice versa, either way. Uh Raul Rodriguez. What's up, buddy? For putting octopus hand in the wall. <laughs> If you're into hentai, this is a movie for you. This is a hentai, yes. Mm-hmm. This is hentai porn. Yes, I'm Raul Rodriguez it's as not. always. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but yes, now we're continuing the Deniver Enough uh, filmography, and I still haven't rewatched Blade Runner 2049. I forgot that Arrival is that good. Yeah, we're doing Arrival. Mm-hmm. This is a first time watch for me. It was a one of my biggest blind spots as a film buff. And everybody, I remember when this came out, everybody talked about it. It was on all the critics' top 10 movies list. Mm-hmm. Everyone, was, everyone was like, Amy Adams is so good. She should get nominated for an Oscar for this. She was nominated for a Golden Globe and plenty of awards. Mm-hmm. It didn't really win any awards, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. And... I had heard the name Denis Villeneuve, but I had never seen Prisoner Sicario. I had never seen his filmography mm-hmm. before. And for me, when I saw Arrival and be like, you know what? Now I'm going to keep a watch on this guy because of how disappointed I was on Sicario. But I'm like, you know what? He came back with this movie and I'm be like, I'm going to keep a watch on you. Don't call it a comeback. I, was like, I see potential in you. But yes, um, I saw this movie in a full theater in Mexico. And people were losing their minds. Like, a lot of people were reacting to the movie. And like I said to Billy, when Billy was sending me texts throughout watching the movie, I was like, I got a little confused. I'm like, everything will be clear in the end. And I'm like, especially because I remember half of the years, it was like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Like, half of the people didn't get it. And the other half of people were like me, like, were like crying and confused too. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was... Um, cause this movie goes in a direction I did not expect it to go. Mm-hmm. Cause it's basically a, it's a science fiction movie for sure. A very kind of like drama. Yeah. A science drama fiction focus, drama. Like a science fiction drama. Yeah. And the science actually is probably the most realistic science ever. Like if the whole point is that like the basic plot is Amy Adams is a linguist, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that uh, studies languages mm-hmm. and she's called in because apparently she's the best in her field to help with aliens that have touched down on earth and has to, they have to learn how to communicate. Sounds rather boring when you say it like that. Yes. But the way they do it. I thought that's probably the thing that turned me off. I was like, okay, so aliens learning to communicate. This sounds so pretentious and film snobby. But then when you see it, it's different. Yes, because I think that's why I also consider this the best movie in the Nivel and those filmography because, like you said, the story sounds boring as hell. But he made the tension and the characters and the mystery of the aliens hold it on his grip until he makes the make it release on time. He kept the audience and that's why I go back to the thing when I saw it in Mexico. These kind of pretentious movies are not that are, not, are very hard to sell in for a Mexican audience. So for a Mexican audience to be like, you know what? 
It's a good movie. Especially okay. with here. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but and but know, knowing uh, how audiences uh, in Mexico react mm-hmm. from the stories you told me, they will be very vocal. If we they are. do not like something, they're like wrestling fans. They make it very clear. Mm-hmm. I remember some people were angry and pissed at the end of this movie. And so, and some people really liked it. And some people were like, like me, I was like, I'm crying. I have a lot of emotions. This movie was good. But I'm like, oh, it's a really good movie. But now I see in a second, I was like, I forgot how good it was. It will never be as what the fuck kind of an ending as the movie Remember Me. You remember uh, the Robert Pattinson one? Mm-hmm. Don't give away the twist. Uh, yeah. Please do not give away the twist. I'm not say it. I want people to just watch the movie mm-hmm. and film yourself watching uh, the ending. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. You will not be expecting it. Or just look it up like a dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I remember when you said that the Mexican audiences, when people reacted to the Men of Steel ending, a lot of people, we liked it, though. Most of the audience liked it. Well, we, Mexicans, we like dark stuff, though. I like to say that this 2016 was a pretty good year for Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Because she had Batman v Superman the same year. And also, well, no, wait. Isn't it in 2014? Arrival? For what? Batman v Superman? No. No, but I'm talking about Arrival, though. No, Arrival is 2016. Mm-hmm. Wait. Oh, it might have been 2016. 20- yeah. Sorry, yeah. Interstellar was 2014. <laughs> yes. Which brings me to in the room. another uh, point, which is this movie and Interstellar both have very similar feels mm-hmm. to it. And I remember that was one of the things for film Twitter was the big argument, which is better, Interstellar or Arrival, because the movies are very similar in regards. They're not, these, they're not the same movie, but they have... Like it's shot very similarly. They have certain themes that carry through realistic science that was praised by actual scientists and linguists. They were like, this is very accurate. This would probably happen if this were real life. And I think that's part of the reason why Arrival works because it feels like this is how we would react if aliens ever actually made first contact. It's very. I totally forgot about that. Crazy. That's a very good point. I love how people. I'm like, have... I'm like, could you imagine if this actually happened? This is probably what it would be like. That's part of the reason why I also like Man of Steel because that's probably how people would react if Superman existed. No, was there a Keanu Reeves movie that it was a '50s remake? Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. That is that... the original. Is one of the best movies the I have ever like, seen. I like the original too, but I'm like. You know what? That movie needs an remake of now. Making that twist of like making it more realistic, kind of like a rival. I think they would have be, played way better though. But I also like that it's its own original thing. True. That that's true as well. But yes, um, not not making reboots of stuff that we already like or, or remakes or remakes, uh, live action remakes of certain animated films that not are are not even ten years old. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, look it up. Yeah, or making a milking a carrot till it dries. <laughs> <We know. laughs> yeah. Anyway, you want to start off uh, the plot recap? 
Yes, or so the I? movie starts with the mystery. Oh, we see Amy Adams in a house, you know, on a lake. She's the neighbor of Sandra Bullock in the lake house, going back no. to Keanu Reeves. No. <laughs> she, she's like, a, she says, I remember moments in the middle, as we see a little girl saying, I love you. And then a girl in her, like, 15, 16, was like, I hate you. And I knew this was the end. I'm not sure if I believe in beginnings and endings anymore. And the coming will, I will say, any nerd franchise in Hollywood, if I believe in beginnings or endings. Some great foreshadowing right there. A lot of it. Everything changed when they arrived. When the Fire Nation attacked? (laughs) When the Fire Nation attacked, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, our main character is Dr. Louise Banks, played Mm -hmm. by Amy Adams. And this is her daughter, Hannah. But Mm -hmm. through this very quick montage, uh, we see that Hannah gets struck with the disease, probably cancer. Mm -hmm. And... That she dies very young. Not Hannah Baker. No. And there is a there there is a reason why her name is Hannah as well. There is a reason. It's it's a very stupid reason, which is one of the things that it shares with Interstellar. Something very stupid happens. But it's part of the subject of the movie about linguistics though. Which is why I think it works better here than it does in Interstellar. Merv! Don't. Yeah, we get a lot. We don't get the Murph. Anyway, but, uh, uh, Louise is a little... and Jessica Chastain, though. Everybody confuses them both. How? They don't look anything alike. Is the hair? I can understand Isla Fisher and Amy Adams. <gasps> I can understand that. I thought those three were similar, that, 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 way that, more that, than her and Jessica Chastain. That, that is a good point, though. I also think that Amy Adams is due an Oscar. By this point, yeah. Jessica Chastain has her Oscar now. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause unfortunately, when she got her Oscar, it was overshadowed by keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth guy. Oh, that was that moment. That was that year. That. It was yeah. that year, which totally ruined everybody else, including mm-hmm. Questlove. Yeah. But we're getting off track. Anyway, uh, she she's a linguist mm-hmm. and she's a language professor. And I just wanted to say the day the Superman arrived. But no, what does happen is aliens land and they arrive in ships very similar to a later Denis Villeneuve movie, Dune, or at least um, from the Atreides uh, yes. spaceship. And also the, the ship don't look like penises going back to Man of Steel. A little bit. But, you know, the ship, <laughs> at, the, the ship at the beginning yeah. of Dune, where it takes <laughs> Paul away to Arrakis. Like I said, if we ever cover Dune, you just better get used to terms like that. Yeah, there's so much lore in Dune. Yeah, but she starts to uh, begin her lecture in the world's smallest attendance. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like, or four students. Yeah, because she's unaware of what is happening right now. Everybody mm-hmm. is freaking out because of she's the ships. Crackers. You say you say happening. I don't know what. No. No, also hot dogs get a bad rap. Yes. Um, but she's like, or one of the students asks to turn on the news, and it's reported that twelve sites across the world. Keep in mind the number twelve is very important in this movie, and it's mm-hmm. a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And that they're they're just touching down, mm-hmm. and then she's visited in her office later by a member of the military, Colonel Weber, played by Forrest Whitaker. 
I think this is the first time we're talking about Forrest Whitaker. Ain't that good movie? Hey, hey. I have oh, to you're right. Video. No, no, you're right. No, you're, give me no, that you, no you we, we, did, we talked about Rogue One. I forgot. No, he was in saying, that. We doing a good movie of his. Have we ever talked about Amy Adams in a movie? Huh? Have we ever talked about Amy Adams in a movie? Man of Steel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or, I mean, <laughs> she, she's the main character, though. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not her as the main character, no. Yeah. And anyway, he wants to use her linguistic skills to help communicate with the aliens. Mm -hmm. A very reasonable thing to do. Communication, big mm -hmm. part. Instead of throwing a bomb or yeah. missiles. That, that sounds a little realistic, too, though. But That's I like true. this kind of like thing. I was like, oh, well, let's talk to them first, though. Yep, and then she meets a theoretical physicist named Ian Donnelly, played by Hawkeye himself, Jeremy Renner. Finally doing some good acting, <laughs> Jeremy Renner over here. He Jeremy Renner is an interesting actor for me. Sometimes he's used very well. Other times he could be as dull as a rock. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very interesting. Some projects utilize him very well, but he is a pretty decent actor. The first I heard of him, though, uh, was in The Hurt Locker mm -hmm. with another Avengers co-star, Anthony Mackie. Oh, yeah. But Anthony Mackie was one of those guys that was always showing up. Obviously, 8 Mile is where I saw him first, but he would always show up in movies. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. It's Papa Doc from 8 Mile. And then he became the Falcon and... Now he's Captain America. Yeah, I, that's so cool. And then I, I love when she's talking on the phone and she's like, Mom, I know about the news. Don't bother with that channel. They're idiots. Cuff. <laughs> Fox News. And oh, I, oh, there's more than enough. I, there's so many. I was going to say the other one. There was like, a, I love that you hear on the on the radio. I think it was the radio, the TV. After two days that the aliens arrived, they banged guns. And I'm like, wow. You mean the fucking Alex Jones conspiracy theorist that some of the soldiers watch because, of course, it's not uh, mm -hmm. reflective of the United States military at all. But also when I made this comment, I'm like, aliens had to show up in this fictional world to bang guns. America. They mastered the art of space travel, but they can't open a door. Yeah. <laughs> can't open a door. Oh, but the ship that lands in the U.S., because, of course... Montana, uh, right? Montana. Mm -hmm. Taylor Sheridan's favorite place. One of his favorite places. Even though this is not Taylor Sheridan's screen. Nope, right? but I'm just thinking whenever I, it's Montana, I think of Yellowstone. Even though... Oh yeah, no, Yellowstone is in Montana. Um, but then we get one of the best establishing shots ever. This beautiful green field. And this was the thing that IMAX was used for. When we see the whole sky opening. Everything up. was in fog mm -hmm. as well. And then you see this helicopter just make a turn. And then awesome music by the late Johan Johansson. Really brings the ambiance. He gets the big dramatic, sometimes overly dramatic music. But it really does work here. I love that kind of trend that we're doing. And Deniv has done this many times. The trend of like using kind of like that big screen kind of voice, like hero style. Like, like <laughs> there was like, probably an eclipse right uh, happening there as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I always like to bring the heroes references, but yes, and then we see uh, uh, that you said this is one of my favorite. That's my favorite shot of the 
of the movie. It's also technically the way that we focus also to how the details of the ship that I'm meeting looks like a rock. Yeah. You think that maybe like, you know, that the theory that they said that Stonehenge, all of it is technically like ships, like a, re- a part of a ship. But that's just a theory. A, a game theory. theory. A film theory. And cut. Okay, anyway, uh, the other sites also sh- set up shop, and they all are in this huge Skype call. You got like Australia and Japan. Russia, Venezuela. China, which totally doesn't have any part in this movie. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Louise, Ian, and several others are brought. Oh, what's up with uh, uh, scientists or whatever named Ian? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. uh, although Ian Malcolm is much better than Ian Donnelly in this, yeah. but I'm like it, they really couldn't think of another name for a. I'm I'm surprised they didn't call him a chaotician. Yeah, but he's a theoretical physicist. I, I love when so he's a fringe scientist, essentially. Look at that! You can't get Joshua Jackson for for, for just to com- connect it to fringe. <laughs> the, yeah. the Jeremy Renner, but also you know, I seen that I totally forgot, and I told you this joke when Forrest Whitaker arrives to pick her up. It was like a, okay, you got the job. You have the. Wait, it was like a, okay, can you give me twenty minutes to leave? You have ten, and I'll be like, bitch, I need twenty minutes to pee and change. <laughs> Having fucking big ass helicopter. That's also a very military move, though. It's I like, know. yeah, no, you go and like now. Mm-hmm. And I love Jeremy Renner's first line. He's like, language is the foundation of civilization and culture. It's the first weapon drawn in a conflict. This is important. The thing about he, I mean, he is right, but that also sounds super pretentious. Yes. And then she says the cornerstone of civilization is science, not language. And you get it? Says, it's the whole science versus uh, um, man versus... Yeah, man versus science. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. And then it turns into man versus man later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, man versus nature. It's it's a lot of, you know, pretentious stuff like that. But they look at the top of this pod and they find that it has no gravity. So they can go up to the top where there's this glass barrier. And um, the whole buildup... Like, there's like a whole 15 minutes of just building up to seeing the aliens for the first mm-hmm. time. And it's it, done really well. You feel like this anxiety. You feel like the Amy Adams. black hallway leading to the window. And yeah, it's very stuff. eerie. Because you don't know what to expect. You're meeting fucking aliens. And this isn't like the little green men or whatever. No, mm-hmm. it's very much like... Are they, long cousin, last are they... I call them the cousins from the mist. Uh-huh. But you don't know whether they're going to be their intentions are mm-hmm. because the whole point of Amy Adams being here was they had a further uh, they had a linguist before that, but they fired him because he wasn't getting anywhere. They and also says data like in Independence Day. No, <laughs> but I love that they have like the hazmat suits on and everything because mm-hmm. they don't know if there's uh, if they can even breathe. Mm-hmm. in that environment so you feel like amy m's like very claustrophobic very anxious and everybody seems to have the pov focus on her inside of the suit. yeah the military oh. seems to have used 
gotten used to it because they've met him a couple of times. And we know we have it's only have been two days that they arrive. And also yeah. I love how they examine everything so quickly, especially after she goes to visit them the first time. They give her kind of like a weird kind of like juice thing that they injected in her for her like like to not receive the radiation of the ship. Yeah, they don't know if there's any radiation mm-hmm. or anything like that. But then they arrive. Ha ha ha. And then the colonel is just like, well, now we wait for them to arrive. And because he's just like, oh, translate this. And she's like, I can't really translate that because it's not a language that we understand. Like, I can't, it's gibberish. I can't work off of that. So she wants to meet them in person. Mm-hmm. And then these two aliens appear and uh, they have big tentacles and they squirt out what I call octopus ink. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like that and or it's like whenever you put like a drink mixer inside water mm-hmm. it's that sort of uh inky look that they have mm-hmm. and uh, they call these creatures heptapods because they have seven legs mm-hmm. and jeremy renner ends up calling uh the two abbott and costello yes and also, i love that after the first interaction i was like uh how do we know, like, uh, Forrest Whitaker says, like, uh, how do you know that everything that happened today was a success? How can I explain that to a group of men that the first and last question will be, like, how can this be used against us? Because they're talking, both Jeremy Renner and, and I was going to say Jessica Chastain, Amy Adams, they're both talking about, I, it's not on purpose, though. I don't know why I confuse them. Uh, they're talking about the science of like meeting the aliens and uh, how to understand them, but also we focus on Forrest Whitaker's side. I was like, yeah, but we're men talking about war. We want war. We're we gonna fight. We're gonna defend the country and all of that crap. So it's also explores the chaos of how will we react to that moment because you can even hear in a phone call of us the soldier with the with the with her with his wife. I was like, but Emily's saying that. What if the aliens kill daddy? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? There's some great overacting mm-hmm. there. But uh, I wouldn't say overacting, but it's like that panic. Mm-hmm. And of course, you got the conspiracy theory bullshit soldiers. They're mm-hmm. just watching there and it's like, <sighs> there's one in every family. Mm-hmm. Two in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah, if anybody gets that reference. Yay. <laughs> um, anyway, they... They tried to communicate. She writes, she's like, I gotta just put something on a board mm-hmm. so they can have their visual people, not like uh, click clack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this circular symbol comes and uh, in a bold move, Amy Adams removes her suit and they're like, what the hell are you doing? But she does it so they can gain their trust. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy Renner does the same thing. That's why. And he's just like, oh, we should name a Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she writes on a board and, say, and says human. And something that would definitely happen around the country. Oh, that freaking background noise. Um, all around the country and all around the world, a lot of looting and rioting happens because nobody knows what their intentions are because they can't understand them. And as they go on, they start recording the symbols, um, determine which symbols translate for what. 
and it's basic things like, you know, hello, how are you? Uh, love, time, very uh, great foreshadowing there. And not only that, because even for what it was like, what if you're going to teach us our language and how to talk to them, this could take months to figure it out. Can you just get to the question and then she puts... We only have days. I was like, okay, this is what you want to ask, right? What is your purpose on earth? Well, we have to teach them what is that? What is a question? The nature of the request. Why do they land it? Their motives. We need enough vocabulary to understand them. They make linguistics sound so interesting. Mm -hmm. This could have easily just been a slog where we see every little detail mm. and stuff. No, I mean, they they do that really only in like the first meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's just because there's this ten, uh, this tension in the air where you don't know whether they're, they're here for peace or not. Luckily, it seems like they are because they haven't attacked them. They haven't been hostile. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other question. Like, are there tourists? Are there scientists? Why they haven't talked anyway? These are all legitimate questions, too. Mm -hmm. And then in the way that they talk, it's always in a circular with a lot of different lines between the circle. And she says, I was like, why are they semi-sonic? Semi they cannot speak with no sound. Non they have non-linear orthography. They can write a simple sentence in two seconds, but it could take us two months to figure it out. Which shows when she decides to do the how to train your dragon method and putting the hand up to the yeah. glass and then they sort of touch and then she starts seeing visions of Hannah. Mm -hmm. Or like she keeps seeing this child and we know it's her daughter. Mm -hmm. But how that happens so far, that's part of the mystery. Mm hmm. And it reminds me of Lost. You will know why I say that in a minute. Yeah, because, because as it turns out, in China, their General Shang, played by mm -hmm. the dad from the live-action Mulan... And the uh, Rush Hour guy. And the Rush Hour guy, uh, doesn't trust the aliens. Mm -hmm. And he has the team deviate from the plan by ceasing all communication, and everybody, of course, is like, well, I guess I'm joining too. Mm -hmm. Russia takes it to a new extreme by killing one of their linguists. Yes. And then... They, she goes and says, so what is your purpose? And it says, offer weapon. And then everybody... Gets oh, no, no, because no, also China is communicating through Mahjong. Mm -hmm. And then there was like, but we don't know if they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. And she says, but we need to talk to each other. And this is the moment that you said that a lot of people are starting to hang up on the FaceTime of every single one of the linguistics that are examining the other parts around the world. Yeah, because they said, use weapon. Mm -hmm. but they don't know what they mean by that. What mm -hmm. weapon? So and obviously everybody immediately thinks one thing like, Oh, mm -hmm. they're going to like, but w what is this weapon? Have they given it to Amy Adams? And also because someone leaked it, someone leaked it on the news and everybody starts to panic too. Of course, because as we know, this, this would totally happen in real life. Mm -hmm. That's actually not sarcastic. That would happen in real yeah. life. And then General Shang says, like, China can no longer trust the aliens who want to divide us. Him and Gee, China not trusting somebody. <laughs> and then Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams, they go back to to the ship to get another session. And she's like, uh, offer a weapon. She puts it in a question mark. She was like, give, a, give technology now as we see that this is the moment when she touches the door and she sees another flash of Hannah. 
and then the aliens throw a lot of symbols, but it's not smaller versions. So it's literal symbolism. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment I got a little confused, though. Were one of the soldiers put the bomb there, or the bomb was already there in that room? I think that soldiers put that there. Yeah, right? Because they had a timer, but they didn't notice that it was there. Yeah, I guess it was they were up there with uh, Renner and Amy Adams. But mm -hmm. I, the fact that nobody, they were able to sneak a bomb on that thing and the aliens didn't really recognize that would be, I don't even know how they did it. it, it they never really show it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also in the flashback, they say that, oh, she asks, um, the, the daughter asks Amy Adams, it's her fault that her father left. Mm -hmm. She assures her that's not the case. And she's just like, who is this girl? Why do I keep seeing this? And also through the bonding, we also see that Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams start to form a bond and it's kind of cute and you're like okay i i dig this in a kind of like dana scully kind of thing the Mulder and scully the thing scully, yeah, yeah it's definitely giving me that kind of vibes especially mm -hmm. since they are dealing with actual aliens mm -hmm. i think that Mulder would be having a field day the truth is out there because well yeah he's the truth is out there and mm -hmm. scully was i want to believe that was yeah. the whole thing um and then the explosion <sighs> happens and then this is when she has a night that nightmare that you said, but also she has a nightmare of seeing the aliens trying to talk to her in her room. And then she wakes up and she knows that China declared war against the aliens. They have 24 hours to for the for the she China posts a threat that was like, if you don't leave in 24 hours, we're gonna attack the ships. Oh yeah. The other thing was one of the aliens who I guess they can tell the difference, um, Abbott. Mm -hmm. Sends a message with a ton of tiny little circles mm -hmm. and then like or scattered symbols. And he manages to drop uh, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner as it explodes from the bomb. And then they happen to uh, just scoot a little bit farther up. They're just like, nope, we're not going to go by the ground anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't we're, we're just we're going to stay up here. Nice and nice and easy. Don't yeah. don't try that again. And also, I love that one of the agents is uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, who is one of those mm -hmm. actors that you definitely have seen him. Yeah. He's been in stuff like, you know, Doctor Strange, uh, for me, Men in Black 3, yes. and most famously of like the big movies, probably Call Me By Your Name. He's mm -hmm. the dad. Mm -hmm. has a, he's one of those guys that shows up and he does a great job. One of those underrated actors like, oh, yeah, those guys. Like, you don't know their names, but you always see their faces. Yeah, because that's one of the arguments that she has with that guy. It was like, a, it says we're one of 12. But I was like, we're part of the 12 ships. I was like, a, yeah, but we don't know anything now. We're part of the block and no one cares. The aliens already said in Russia, this, there's no time many become one. I feel we all have weapons. Yeah, and anyway, I bring him up because he's very much like doubting. Like, he, he thinks it's going to be bad and and it's shit's going to go down. So he's actively trying to use his power to stop them. And then she says another thing that is also part of the message of the movie. It's like, what is a better way to force all of us to work together for once? 
because also the movie talks about working together in peace. And That's another word the there, but uh, anyway, Ian deduces, because they're trying to crack the code like mm-hmm. super quick before shit goes down. He deduces that many of the symbols for time are scattered and he can't, he doesn't know what it means, but um, and yeah. This is the moment, and this is when we see the ship launch, launching a smaller ship that to go and get her, and this is I think this is also not like the best thing in the whole movie. The, the Oh yeah, when the she's wife. there. It's like she's sort of swimming because mm-hmm, her hair is hair. there. Mm-hmm. Take take that, Aquaman. Yes. And I you remember the scene in Man of Steel when they set up camp, like with the alien ship? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. Funny enough, you know, because Amy Adams was on both of them and looking at screens and stuff. But this time it's like Huh, Amy Adams is always going to be brought to an alien ship. Mm-hmm. And then she meets Costello in person for the first Dinner time. And every, I, I love how everything is white. Yes. In the background, almost like a desert, like in Dune. Or and like death. Like death. Mm-hmm. But she starts uh, communicating face to face. Oh, no. Abbott is, titles. Yeah, the, the, we have subtitles. And he, Costello, just keeps emitting more black symbol smoke. And also, if you think about it, uh, uh, the aliens look kind of like a like a bowling pin, but a with, little bit with, with seven legs. A little bit. But also, um, and so technically, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner were talking to their bulge the whole time because they're they're way taller than they show. <laughs> and and then it says Luis has weapon. And she's like, use weapon. And, she, and the end is like, we help humanity. In 3,000 years, we need humanity's help. And she says, how can I, you know the future? And we see another flash of her daughter. I don't understand. Who is this child? And we go to a flash, and we go to another flash. I was like, mommy and daddy talk to animals. As we see the, the little girl making kind of like Play-Doh figurines. And two of them is two people in orange talking to black octopuses oh not only that on uh the daughter's a little bit older is like oh i need help with this mm-hmm. and then uh she's like oh if you want science then to ask you uh call your father mm-hmm. and that's then- how i knew spoiler alert jeremy renner is the father mm-hmm. and then she in the end it says louise sees the future weapon opens time so it's interstellar Essentially, if you learn this language, you get the powers of Dr. Manhattan with time. Mm-hmm. Because time is not a linear thing. Time, or it's 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 not linear for the aliens. They're that advanced that they so can see the future. Aliens? And there is a purpose because they say, because in 3,000 years, you will help us. Mm-hmm. And she goes, how can you possibly know that? And then, yeah, the gift to the humans, the tool is the language. Also symbolic in that, because yes, language is a very powerful thing. If you can communicate with somebody, you can get so much done. That's the whole point of like, Raul texted me, this should have been called Babel instead of the movie Babel. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to 
there's, there's a lot of biblical allegories in this. The number mm-hmm. 12 is very important. Jacob had 12 sons, which formed the 12 tribes. There are 12 months in the year. There's 12 uh, hours in a day. 12 apostles. 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, there was 13, and then Judas mm-hmm. ruined it all. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot, Judas. Um, <laughs> and this is very similar to the, the Tower of Babel story, mm-hmm. which was they tried to make a tower to heaven, but then God caused them all to have different languages so they couldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. And, and then we get into another flash when she knows about this weapon. It's about time is the language. And she sees the daughter was like, are you going to leave me like that? They didn't know he didn't leave you. I told him something that he was not ready to hear. I know something that's going to happen when I told him he got mad that I made the wrong choice. It has to do with a rare disease. It's unstoppable like you, like your poetry, your drawings. A lot of good uh, dialogue in this. There is some expository dialogue, but they're scientists, so it's okay. But also, if you rewatch the movie knowing the twist, you notice that a lot of the the things were in the dialogue. It was like, damn. Yeah, and then I just kept thinking, Kate, we got to go back. (laughs) Because as it turns out, these are flash forwards. Mm-hmm. And I say this because that's what happened in Lost. Yeah. Wah! That's the other twist. The the season, the third season finale. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, the season three finale of Lost mm-hmm. has one of the best twists of all time. Yeah. And that totally changed the projection of the show where it was going to mm-hmm. go. I did not see that coming. I was like, what? And this is the same thing. It's flash forwards. Yeah. So she gets out of the ship and Jeremy Renner looks at her and putting a towel on her because she feels like really cold and still startled. And she says, my husband left me. And Jeremy was like, were you married? Oh, if you knew, Jeremy Renner, if you knew. Yeah, she keeps saying now stuff like, oh, that's my daughter and stuff. And they're all like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And she's trying to explain, you know, they what she just realized. Mm -hmm. And nobody's really believing her. Everyone's evacuating because obviously... They think that attack is going to come. But then, of course, Amy Adams goes rogue because, um, as it turns out, 18 months in the future, Louise and General Shang will meet face to face and he will express gratitude because she ended up convincing him of the alien's true intentions. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's she's just like, well, I'd never done this. And he's just like, oh, yeah, by the way. Here's my secret phone number. For you to see it right here. Everybody got that? And also say these, my wife's dying words Mm -hmm. to me to convince me that what you're saying is true. I'm going to say this. The first time I saw this movie in theaters, I'm like, I thought that the aliens told the General Shang what to say to her in the future. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But now the second time I see it, I was like, ah, okay. It's because he already happened on, um, because it's the thing that says that time is not linear. So that's why she already knew. Because, and I also like this thing because it's doing that thing from Game of Thrones. Like, um, what was it, Bran? That Bran can go into the future and the past and he can like technically- Again, Dr. Manhattan, knowing, knowing what's going to happen, but also setting the events forward, being the mm-hmm. catalyst for it. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you can't change time mm-hmm. and i love that she just accepts it yeah and then because she says the weapon is their language and it says you changed my mind 
Now you know. I don't know how you did it, but I and I call and you did. Yes, you did. If this is your phone, and as you told me, my wife was dying worse, and I love that she's on her phone, uh, on the phone, and I love that people's like, sir, we got someone talking to China. Whose phone is it? It's yours, sir. What the fuck? <laughs> and they all think that she's now a Chinese spy. Or like and a she's spy. Talking in, she's talking in, in Mandarin. Chinese. Yeah. And, yeah. And they're obviously like, okay, that's not bad. So they pull guns on her, obviously. Yeah. This is an act of treason. And I love that she says to Jeremy Renner, buy me 20 seconds. He's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm not going to die and right then, now. Then, of course, says the Aladdin, do you trust me? Yes. And I was just like, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. yes and then they start flying in the spaceship and singing a whole new world mm-hmm. no only in only in the dreams but yeah. what does happen is the chinese military starts to stand down because we know this through newscasts mm-hmm. it says china stands down all of the countries reveal their information sources and i told to Billy, so technically aliens solve war peace so they were here to serve men Yes, and I said, it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> Another reference if you don't know what that is. If you should, if you don't, you should watch The Twilight Zone. The original. The original. The original. Mm-hmm. And then watch the Simpsons episode parodying it. Or yeah. the Treehouse of Horror that parodies it. And but, we know that um, Hannah's name is a palindrome. Because, oh my god. Um... <laughs> Her name, you can spell it forwards and backwards. And it's the same thing, which is cool. I know a couple of Hannahs in my life. So I'm like, yeah, I noticed that when I was young. And when the world starts revealing all their information, now they have every piece of the puzzle, every hand on the clock. Right? And then um, the, the aliens all leave. Mm-hmm. They in live a cloudy and they disappear mist. in a mist, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner are watching them leave and he said the greatest thing about the whole uh, it wasn't meeting the aliens it was meeting you and as she hugs we get the swelling music oh yeah and the entire time them trying to figure out stuff there's this whole sense of urgency like oh Mm -hmm. man we're on a time limit we're on a uh, because in any moment war can start the the destruction of the world could um, literally the future depends on this and the narration of, of Amy Adams is really sad, though, because she says, so, Hannah, this is where your story begins, the day that they departed. Despite no, knowing the journey, where it leads, I embraced it, and I welcome every moment of it. Because as it turned out, she knew that she would die young mm-hmm. from incurable disease, presumably cancer, and then she told Jeremy Renner what would happen, and so he left her ass because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Wow. And it's really sad if you think about it, though. It's very sad. And, and because she asked him it. in the press, and I was like, if you could see your whole story from start to finish, would you change it? Maybe I'll say more of how I feel, says Jeremy Ritter. I don't know. The fear of knowing the future. And this is for me. This is like, for me, this is really sad. The fear of knowing the future and the pain of losing a child. This is so sad, though. And Ian, he says, it wasn't meeting them. It was meeting you. I f- and then she says, I forgot how good it felt to be held by you. You want to make a baby? Yeah. And I'm like, this is so sad. Okay, yeah, that last line was really stupid. It's really stupid, yes. But it's really sad, though. 
I was your ghost, Merv. Merv. I was Merv. your ghost. And then immediately, oh, oh yeah, God. by the way, go <laughs> to the other planet. This movie was done a lot better than Interstellar in that regard. I, I actually like the ending. But it doesn't have McConaughey crying. No, but it does have some great music and some of the best sound design. It doesn't have, I had to wait waiting for him. I it's like this looking you're, you just totally glossed over what I just said. This movie has some of the best sound design yeah. I have ever heard. Mm -hmm. I wish I saw this in a theater. Because you get like the whole boise and yes. you just feel like everything's shaking and sounds that you can feel. <laughs> anyway, that's arrival. Yes. Um, this movie's amazing. I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Do mm -hmm. you got any other closing thoughts? Um, I'm really excited to watch Blade Runner 2049 again because. Yep, we're doing we're doing Blade Runner 2049. Raul could yes. not keep his mouth shut on no, this one, and I didn't let him. Uh, I didn't I didn't shut him up for this one. Yeah. We're just very excited. I'm very excited also because. I now I think that maybe Arrival is the the even in best movie. Well, we'll see, and we'll see. I will. I don't even remember much about Blade Runner twenty forty nine except that I really liked it. Hopefully, that still holds up. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, like the music is amazing. The thing about the thing about language and peace and the fantasy of how people will react and the reality of how people will react to aliens. And like I said in this podcast, aliens is one of my biggest fears. That's why I fear aliens more than seeing a ghost or, or the devil. I'm but, glad you don't. They don't have any faces either. The yeah. less you see, the better it is. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I like also too. It keeps the mystery of the aliens very well regarded. And so for me, Arrival is not a movie that scared the crap out of me. I also like the feel of how we would react to it. Like you said, like the 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 they are so still, that kind of like of point of view. And also, I know this thing the Neville and playing more with sci-fi though, but he's playing in a very realistic way though. Compared because Dune and Blade Runner twenty four now are more sci-fi focused than this though. But they're also kind of like. Well, Blade Runner 2049, you'll see is like, oh, this could be a neat little future, this little mm -hmm. Tron-esque uh, world. Mm -hmm. And are we doing the original Blade Runner? Hell no. No. We don't need to because, well, that'd be worth another episode. Maybe if we yeah. did Rid Ridley Scott or Harrison Ford or something. True, but... And also, there's there's like five different cuts of that movie. It would be oh, very very tough mm -hmm. to tell. There's there's the original cuts. There's the theatrical cut, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, there's the director's cut, the international cut, the and the final cut. cut. <laughs> so yeah, there's four different cuts of this movie, and they vary. They can be very different. I only have seen the final cut. I've, I've only seen the final cut. The canon one. Yes, that's the canon one. Yes. Although Blade Runner 2049 does answer one of the questions that kind of ruins the ending of the original Blade Runner. But we're going to talk about that next week. Yes, we have, because Blade Runner is a, a big discussion there. But yes, I will give a Rebel a 9. It's a really good movie. Yeah, okay. I love the acting, mm -hmm. the direction, 
the cinematography, the music, the sound design, everything about this just is why I love Denis Villeneuve. He just knows how to make a movie look so interesting. It could be the most boring thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's learning how to communicate with aliens. That could be so boring. And it could be like, oh, it's a film that you just feel or experience, like 2001 Mm -hmm. A Space Odyssey or something, which is a Mm -hmm. good movie, but that's more of like an experience like going to an art museum or something. Yeah. And that's not for everybody. Here, this could be for anybody. Just anybody who likes good storytelling. There's a lot of Kubrick in this movie, too. There's still some Kubrick over there. There is very much some Kubrick inspiration, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't overtake the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, I'm going to give this a nine and a half. I really, really liked this movie. It lived up to the hype for me, which is a very, very high bar. Mm -hmm. I just wish I had seen this years earlier so Mm -hmm. I I could have joined the hype. But I'm kind of glad that I have waited. So my thoughts and tastes and all that stuff has matured as I've gotten older. Because we don't know if you would have liked it. What was it, like seven years ago when it came out? So we don't know that. That's so weird to think about. Mm-hmm. And just, I probably would have said it just to be in the hip crowd, but I probably wouldn't have liked it. But now that I'm older, I appreciate stuff like this so much more. And mm-hmm. I appreciate all the hard work that goes into it. So yeah, nine and a half. Nice. I, I really liked Arrival. Next week, we already said we're doing Blade Runner 2049 to close out the month. Yes. And then the next month is going to be one of the worst months of my entire life. <laughs> Don't be so dramatic, Billy. Well, we'll reveal what that is next week. But until then, <laughs> where can the good people find you, buddy? You can find me as always at RoboVaderRDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd at RoboVaderRDC. Please follow the podcast on this way and this pod on Twitter if Twitter is still standing. And you, Billy? Yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Master of Puns 196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow uh, me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And you can follow our main show, Twitter at SYNS Pod, as well as give us a five star and just write a review on Apple. We really appreciate anybody that has done that. And also listen to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spotify for podcasters anywhere that podcasts can be listened to and as always see you next summer